I love you. Mmm, welcome back. On the couch with green and faces, you are. <laughs> green traveler, I am. <laughs> I am the faceless Leon, and I love the very well-timed dog's squeak. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Annoying she is. Love her, I do. Yes, that's good. I'll stop. Well, you know, you are the green traveler, so it works, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, Yoda's my dad. Yoda's your dad? Okay. Yoda's my dad. All right. But n- nobody knows the lineage of the child. No, I don't know him. He's not part of my family. No, okay. That's to my knowledge. To your knowledge. Okay. My dad could have had an affair, though. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, Yoda seems like he was a pretty spry guy. He, you know, he can get around, yeah. I'm sure. And he oh, had, yeah. like, what? 600 900 years to do it or something like that but yeah he's pretty crazy old yeah i don't know yeah i think he is 900 ish those fingers can work magic oh all three of literally. them literally <laughs> <laughs> uh well yeah we're talking about uh that world today with yeah the with mandalorian the thus mandalorian. far yeah so we're yeah. this is coming out on the 10th right uh no this is coming out i think on the 17th so it's it's coming out the day before the finale the day before the finale all right yeah and we haven't so we haven't (laughs) seen the finale and we're recording this before episode or chapter 15 Mm -hmm. so we've only we've only seen up to chapter 14 just uh just a forewarning to everybody out there when we get behind the spoiler wall we don't know the ending to this season yet. No, we you don't probably know yet. do. <laughs> yeah. You in the yeah. future do, and we here in the past do not. If you listen to this before the finale episode airs, um, yeah, we don't they ha- all die. we will have some conjectures on what happens in the finale, but we're we're missing the penultimate episode, so who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean it's crazy. They kill everybody in episode fourteen. I know. And then, you know, it's like, what are you going to do to episode 15? You don't have any of your characters left, you know? I know, jeez. Ridiculous. We'll just have to... Star Wars. Yeah, Star (laughs) Wars. So, uh, yeah, I guess one of us should probably say the premise of this show. I imagine that people know what the premise is. Uh, It's so... Yeah. It's so... I don't know what... It's drenching our popular culture right now. (laughs) so at least one character is and i do expect that we should take a proper 10 minutes to talk about that one character yeah i i think we're talking (laughs) thinking the same character it's everywhere of course we're thinking the same character yeah so let's let's talk about just the premise like act like the people who are listening don't know anything about the show it's a western if if you don't know what the show is you just you tell them it's it's a western meets star wars that's a good uh, way to describe it. I like that. The Mandalorian it's everything is I so want. named because the main character is a Mandalorian, uh, decked out in armor and stuff. Uh, so people similar are, to Boba Fett. Similar to Boba if Fett. If you're huge or, fans of Boba Fett, you'll love the Mandalorian because he's of that lineage. Prior to this show, I hated Boba Fett. <laughs> everybody loves this guy so you know it's like oh he's so great he's like one of the best parts of the original show he tails han he Mm. puts han on a ship and then he just gets like shot at a couple times and falls into the sarlacc pit 
He's not that yeah. cool. In the uh, original trilogy, at least, in the two movies that he is in, he's yeah. not that cool. He doesn't do anything. He just gets his ass beat and falls into a worm. Yeah, they, I feel like there was like a lot of uh, prestige built up about him, but it, yeah, people well, loved him. <clears throat> yeah, I I think he's cool, but I mean, like, I was whenever I watched, it, I was pretty focused on you know the main crew. I think it's the expanded universe that makes people love him so much, yeah. and I haven't spent much time in the books or anything, so I don't know. Who knows what's canon anymore? Yeah. No, well, none of the books are technically canon, I guess. Yeah. But I've I've read the you know the the Thrawn books, or I've read two of them. I haven't read the the last two. I started reading I Jedi. I don't remember who the author was, but that's, <laughs> I I started reading it. I maybe got like three chapters in. And I was like, I have stuff to read for school. I think that trend needs to end. The I blank, the I name. It's just, oh yeah, that needs sure, to go away. Sure. That, but see I'm though, so, that so was like that. that was that book's pretty old. So I, I feel like it yeah. was in it was in the appropriate time period where that was okay, okay to use. That's fair. <laughs> I just get so tired of it. It's just everywhere, and I'm just like, it's not. I hate it. It's just a stupid title. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It means nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's just like you're just. I I am declaring myself. I Greg. And it's like no, that's not a good title. If I if I write my life story and it's called I Greg, just burn it. It's a stupid title. Just burn it. Just go ahead. I don't want to read it. But I Mandalorian is. <laughs> A western yeah about one specific what's his name what's uh um they call him mando they do well, mention his, his name nickname. in the first season but i it's i can't remember it offhand oh, okay um, I, th- I didn't know if you had it pulled up or it's not, kind yeah. of in a la- latter episode well he's played by pedro pascal very very well i i yeah pedro I pascal I, kills it yeah he gets a lot out of that helmet i mean and well, the best part about it too is, you know, he's coming off of Game of Thrones. I think I haven't actually seen Game of Thrones, so. Yep, he was uh, he was Oberyn Martell. Yeah, and he's you know he 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 gets fame. Well, I mean, he was probably famous before that, but like you know, big name recognition from Game of Thrones. You know, anybody right. who's in that movie or in that TV show, you can choose your next project pretty easily. I think because you know that show made everybody gold. So you know it's. He has all these options available to him, I'm sure, and he chooses Star Wars, which is a great option, but a role in which he is hidden <laughs> by a mask the whole time. But, like, you, you, never, you know, you never really see his face, and it's it's just such a unique option, but at the same time, another gold, you know, he, he's turned it into gold. He's yeah, nailed this he did, character. Yeah, his movements are always precise and perfect. Like, I love it. Yeah, I I really I don't know I I don't I like I don't know if it's all Pascal or if Favreau is a good hand in making sure he's uh, capturing the angle of his head. <laughs> no, I I'm I would wager I would lay a solid bet down that it's all Pascal, except for maybe like stunt work. Like I'm sure there's oh you yeah, know, I don't know though. Stunt I, doubles, but he does. But... He does, I think he, uh, at least I was fairly convinced that he was doing some of the fights that Oberyn was in. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, he might do, yeah, he might uh, do his own stunt work, but I don't, I don't want to discredit any stunt workers no, out there. No, me neither. I, I have no idea. I would hope not. As, as a lover of stunt, stunt doubles and stunt work, 
I would hope that actors would just allow stunt doubles to be a thing. Um, yeah. You know, it's amazing when Tom Cruise and Harrison Ford take the, their own punch and it's like that is, you know, it makes for a good scene. At the same time, those are other people's jobs too, you know. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> you don't have to do everything, although it is funny to watch Tom Cruise fly up in a plane without a harness Idiot. hanging off the side of it. <laughs> he just wants to die you know he does uh, <laughs> he's just like fuck he's like i'm so in deep with the church of scientology yeah, and everything like yeah, there's, there's katie holmes hates me <laughs> oh my god but uh here in the mandalorian to get back to that um mando is tasked with the care well not really tasked with that first but it becomes his goal to care and protect the child. The child. Otherwise known colloquially as Baby Yoda. <laughs> colloquially. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda. He's everywhere. He is. He is the, he, without a doubt, he is in the top three of my favorite characters of all time. Yeah, you think no so? Joke. That's funny. And he doesn't. I... I feel he like he doesn't do anything but make baby or uh, uh, Gerber baby noises. That's the worst and part. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. He's fifty years old and he makes like. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's definitely a Disneyification of of Star Wars. I will say. I will say. But I feel like, you know, their their choice to make it like a western made it not feel super disney a five yeah that's what i was gonna say because because when you say it's very disneyfied what you're like what that means is like it's very polished you know it's very safe very cute very lovable um and baby yoda is definitely all of those things Mm -hmm. at the same time he is in very real danger yeah for most of this show definitely and so it's like it's you're you're so attached emotionally at least i am uh like everything he does i'm just like oh my god i love you you're so cute and like he's just a little animatronic puppet and yeah with uh you know I, I, they, they do something to the eyes like the very watery and emotional eyes like yeah it's very they, beautiful they, there's some good um, puppet work with that with that the yeah. child <laughs> yeah and i i just love i love him so much and his relationship with uh mando is great and it's it's amazing what pedro pascal builds between him and something that's not real yeah so he's got yeah that's there's another layer of challenge for this actor uh mm -hmm. is that his main cast member is is a puppet uh it probably does not make the baby noises while they're shooting (laughs) well i'm sure they play it on set still (laughs) i don't know uh well he uh he yeah i can't get enough props to pascal because yeah he's uh a lovable character like you know he starts off being uh cold and despondent but his relationship with the child you really start to see that there's a person under that helmet what's which is that's because he was like yeah he was raised in you know in uh the mandalorian way right you know it's like yeah. he, he only knows one way to be and once he meets this kid you know it kind of opens up something in him that 
you know, allows him to see differently to look right. beyond his, uh, his foundation. Yeah. And I think something that is important to show, uh, this, this might be a spoiler, so maybe I should save it for the wall, but he does feel like he has a lot in common with this child. Uh, like he, when he was a child, he felt like he was not nearly as helpless maybe, uh, as the child, but the child also shows remarkable powers that it's star wars people somebody has to be yeah. using the force it's... the metachlorians <laughs> they and... mentioned that by the way i don't know if you caught it in season two they say something about his m m rate or his m oh stats or something God. like that they don't they don't say metachlorian but they said his m something and I'm just like when when they said that I just tossed the fucking remote down. I'm like, no, John Favreau, <laughs> you, you don't allow that to be. A I'm thing gonna anymore. make it cool, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we just won't mention it again. <laughs> Damn it! Although I do uh, love what John Favreau has done. I've mentioned. I think I've mentioned it before on this show. Maybe it was in a playlist. So maybe I'll mention it sometime in the future. For the first time um but i've mentioned that i have a star wars trilogy planned like a movie trilogy okay, and it's yeah. basically a western in my opinion it is a western sci-fi and so to see john favreau take a show and do that yeah with the same universe yeah and do it so successfully it just it makes my heart sing i'm so happy with this show you know this is this is what i want to do with this universe yeah. and somebody's already doing it which you know that's a detriment. I but at the same time, I don't think I'm ever gonna be able to talk to <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy or anybody. So like, I doubt I'll doubt I'll ever see my movies get made. But to see somebody do that makes me happy. Yeah. Because it proved that my theory of you know a Western set in Star Wars would be really amazing was right because yeah. it's really amazing. And you know, like that 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 world, not it's I guess a galaxy but that universe rather it's far far away really too. lends itself well to that genre too though because mm. well, for one there's a lot of desolate planets and uh, so the scenery is there but just like the fact that you gotta wander from place to place that's yeah. that's a pretty good epic western feel so i think i think it was definitely a good choice and i i would have to say i think this show really holds up better than the new movies agreed i wholeheartedly I, agreed. yeah i i enjoyed the new movies enough i enjoyed them more than the prequels yeah so uh i, I i'm happy to see it come back i hope that they i was kind of hoping that they pulled the throttle back a little bit you know like just let it go for a little bit and then come back to it but when they came out with this I was pretty fucking thrilled. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm in a total agreement because here's my Star Wars experience. I've watched all the movies, including the, the Christmas movie thing, whatever you want to call that. It's horrible. Um, I think that's where Boba Fett first appeared too. Really? <laughs> it the Christmas. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it might have come out after Empire. I can't remember the timeline. But I've only seen the live Maybe action Maybe they stuff. had already started filming Empire and they're like, hey, I bring him in yeah yeah sure <laughs> it's like he's cool <laughs> i'm sure that the production time for the christmas special was a lot shorter than the yeah. movies yeah I've, i bet it was only like two weeks and it was just drug induced 
Yeah. But I've only seen the live action stuff. I haven't seen any of the animated shows, you know, and, and I agree with you. I, I like sequel trilogy better than I like the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Um, I, I hate a lot of the prequel trilogy. There's some decent things sprinkled in there. Yeah, but... I agree. Like, there's some interesting world elements in there, but... Um, yeah. And, but and, it, you know, it went... So... I think that the story of the Empire becoming the Empire was interesting to see. I just... yeah wish that it was done did he better. have to did he have to yeah did he have to make it so political <laughs> it's so steeped in politics yeah but like that, that's the issue with you know they went from kind of a gritty practical sci-fi to a flashy heavily cgi'd yeah and just you know terrible story in my opinion but like and then we got the pre or the sequel tr- trilogy which was again very flashy but tried to get that atmosphere right it tried to, yeah. to find that heart that was in the original trilogy and I, in my opinion you know someday we'll talk about all these movies but uh in my opinion the the sequel trilogy falls short yeah here they got a lot Mandalorian, than... they did get a little closer definitely but here with the mandalorian they just found it you know it's got yeah. that same practical feel it's got the gritty sci-fi nature it feels like a western the hearts there the emotion and everything like yeah and, and just like the the absurdity of sci-fi is also just you know enjoyed to to quite an extent in the mandalorian show i feel like something that the show benefited from was that it, it has enough time for this man who's pretty much against the world to be tactical and to overcome yeah. these obstacles without having to like blast through it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, he does blast through some things sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not always it's not always just about his gadgets. That's right. Yeah. It, he's got he he gets to show how he decides to do the things that he decides to do uh, along with his allies he makes along the way. Yeah, because when you're a bounty hunter with his reputation, people are out to get you. Yeah. And, you know, he's always got to be watching his back. And now that he's uh, trying to protect this, you know, heavily uh, wanted asset that is Baby Yoda, um, you know, everybody's out to get him. Mm. And uh, it reminded me, there's two shows that I'm reminded of from Mandalorian. Uh, That is Firefly because of the, you know, sci-fi Western feel. Sure. Um, You know, I kind of... I kind of like to believe this is what, you know, how happy I would have been if Firefly was able to continue on right. beyond its one season. And the other the other series is a graphic novel series that you and I love called Saga. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the on-the-run feeling is, is there. Yeah. And, and just like that wild sci-fi, like everything goes nature. Like, you know, there's a giant uh, sand dragon monster yeah. in the Mandalorian. Like, they just they just go all out. They have fun. But in Saga, it's about a man from one planet and a woman from another planet whose planets are at eternal war with each other, like they've always right. been fighting. They fall in love, and they have a kid. And the governments of both of their planets find out about this, uh, you know, this half-breed. Right. And they send, like, the entire galaxy after these this couple. You know, they want to kill this unnatural creature. And so the entire series is... Uh, you know, this mother and father on the run 
trying to protect their daughter and raise their daughter at the same time. And, you know, there's a lot of similarities that the Mandalorian and uh, Saga pull with each other. And it's, it's all about the emotion. You know, yeah. it's all about that connection between the protector and the, the protectee. I, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> the protected. The protector and the protected. Yeah. Jesus. English is hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, should we get into some other characters? Like, uh, uh, he's got some major allies. I, I feel like it's worth yeah. talking about. Um, so, what's, I guess, the, well, the first one you meet, is it, is it Graf or Grief? Karga. Karga is his last name. But anyways, Karga. Car- Carl Weathers. I don't even remember what they ever call him. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they ever use his name. I, I eventually, he... I mean... They just kind of talk at him is, and he understands. He is a disgraced <laughs> magistrate, so some people call him magistrate. Um, yeah. But he also leads the bounty hunter guild that Mando is a part of. Carl Weathers. So, okay. I here Here what I'll say and it might be a bit spoily so i'm sorry um karga start like they start hunting mando along with the bounty guild because he broke the code and then he switches sides at the end of season one and now is a staunch ally of mando and the child yeah Um, carl weathers is is the vegeta type character where it's like yeah he starts off uh i mean except for it, it's not very much like Vegeta no. at all because he's very friendly <laughs> with Mando. Yeah, their their paths are at odds with each other at first. Yes, um, but throughout throughout the show, they definitely become great yeah. allies. I think honestly, though, he's always liked Mando. It's just oh, yeah. that he's definitely respected. Mando like broke the rules, and as the leader of yeah. the guild, he had to do something about it. He had to put his foot down. <laughs> yeah. He had to put his foot down, but he he was stepping over the line, and Mando is definitely more skilled <laughs> and <laughs> uh, just talented overall. Uh, so he did. It was a bit of a blunder on his part, but anyways, eventually he changes sides. Pretty pretty cool stuff in the second season that happens with him. Uh, yeah. I feel like we could talk a little bit more in depth about Cara Dune because she is. You know, she starts off being an ally. She's an ally throughout. Yeah, but, but name drop who that is. Uh, who plays her, I mean. Gina Carano. Yeah, she's awesome. Super buff, super cool. Uh, she's a, dr- a drop trooper from the Rebellion. Uh, also a bit of a rule breaker. Just an all-around badass. All-around badass. And yeah, she, she carried like the my favorite weapon of hers is definitely that giant minigun that she just lugs yeah, around yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, i mean you say you said she was buff i don't think that like does enough justice to just how totally ripped she is <laughs> yeah she's ripped like, like she... but like every time she's in an action scene she just carries the fight like it oh, is yeah. so fun to watch she's, her she's... like it's fun to watch everybody yeah, I mean, not Carl Weathers. It's not really much fun to watch Carl Weathers in a fight because he just kind of stands around and shoots a pistol. You know, <laughs> just like, bang, bang, you know, like aiming perfectly. Um, but to, like to watch Mando, you know, he's using gadgets and flipping and, you know, he's he's performing well. Yeah. But watching her be a tank is 
epic. Yeah. Like, she just tears through fight scenes. I love her. This this show, like, I mean, yeah, okay, so be, be, besides being Star Wars nerds, we're also the nerds who play Dungeons & Dragons. And yeah. watching this series, I, I just was like, especially on the rewatch, I was like, this is so D&D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just good good fun and they make a good team the three of them but mando like he tries to put on an air that he doesn't need any help and so he'll he'll call on his friends when he needs them and then he'll leave and he's the lone wolf yeah and i think towards the the middle of the second season uh it came more to like he's only leaving because he has to but definitely at the beginning, he'd he'd call yeah. a relationship over and just leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he he has uh he has to stay on the run, right? And then like sometimes he just like departs really, you know, departs people. But other times those people are comfortable where he has left them. Yeah, you know, it's like That's they come to a true. part in their mission where they're like, I'm more beneficial here to these people than I am to you on your run. Right, right. You know, so he kind of just like. He eventually just like just drops and leaves people, kind of like right. Saga, where they where they just yeah. come across people and just kind of leave them every now and then. <laughs> that is very true. Um, also, uh, uh, it's kind of like Final Fantasy a little bit. Like people yeah. just kind of come into your party and then they leave a little bit. We're really showing our nerd today. Our... It's kind of like Pokemon when he has Squirtle and then Squirtle and then they go to that town and Squirtle's like, you know what? I can be a part of this firefighting Squirtle yeah. team. Yeah. And he just leaves and it's very emotional exactly and they're sad right. about it. It's kind of like um, the Power Rangers when uh, the Green Rangers yeah. like, uh, I... I don't think I can help you guys anymore because my my power is corrupted, and it's not like that at all, actually. <laughs> uh, let's talk this bad guy. You want to talk about the bad guy? Uh you talking Giancarlo Desposito? Yes, I am. Fucking I am. love him. He's okay, big... first off, the dude kills it as Gus Fring in uh, oh, yeah. the Breaking Bad. Definitely. I said the Breaking Bad and Breaking Bad. The Breaking Bad. And in here, and in here, he plays yet another villain as uh, Grand Moff. Which one? Uh, Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. Okay, maybe he's not Grand Moff. He's just Moff Gideon. I don't know the the ranking of the Empire. Yeah. I just know there's Grand Moff Tarkin and then now Moff Gideon. But he is, yeah, he just drips villainy. Yeah, but um, like also kind of ringing to that Gus performance too. He has more control than some other Star Wars villains, <laughs> i.e. Vader <laughs> <laughs> or Kylo Ren. Or just Kylo like Ren, goes on yeah, a... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anger tantrums. As far as I can tell, he's not a Force user, right? I don't think so. He just has that dark saber. Yeah, he's got that dark saber, which if you've looked up anything on the internet about this show, people are like, where'd he get the dark saber? What is the dark saber? (laughs) What is it? Um, Yeah, and I I thought it was kind of cool that just, there's just this one line that he says about it in the second season. 
and and it was just a little bit of exposition and then the scene ended and i was like he really didn't have to say that for that scene right <laughs> yeah, it's, it was them it was them dropping a little you know just a yeah. little bit of yeah information for the nerds yeah and it was good it's it well good. delivered like yeah that's the nice thing about the show is like there's a lot of you know we have to explain it because it's you know sci-fi right right silly silly right. and like but and like he pulls the, out the saber and he really didn't even need to pull it out for that scene to, no no yeah, he didn't to threaten that person uh <laughs> and anyhow yeah it, it's it's kind of cool i like it i say there's a lot about that episode that was unnecessary <laughs> yeah, that's true that is true i i feel like it was definitely one of those things where they wanted to get the plot to a certain point and yeah. they were like okay this is how we do it <laughs> they, they realized they were crawling along because you know they're taking too long to get to that spot with other episodes right so they're like all right let's we got to rush it now we got to get to the we got to ramp up to this uh to this big event we're trying to get to right they could have just done with one more episode but the problem but the thing is that never it's never a problem it never hurts in my opinion it never hurts the show because even if it was unnecessary even if it does feel like a tad rushed it's still so beautifully delivered that i'm just like i'm still on board 100 percent for sure i could see Okay, what? Let's just wait for the wall because I feel like yeah. we could talk in depth about the problems that we have. Well, <clears throat> but that 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 mentioned the wall mentioned. Uh, do we have anything else to say pre prior? Do we have anything else to do say have, prior? It, are there more characters or story things that we wanted to talk to before we uh to, before we build that bad boy? I think we talked about like the most important recurring characters. I think we can move on. Actually, oh, before before we do build that bad boy, I just okay. I looked at my notes and remembered one person that I do want to mention before we drop the or build the wall yeah. is Ludwig uh, Ludwig Gordonson, who is the composer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he did the theme, which it's a very simple western, like you know, it's just. Yeah. But also <laughs> feels sci-fi. I like it. Yeah, it's it's it's. His music here is beautiful. Uh, he's also done uh, Creed, Black Panther, and we talked about him recently with Tenet. He did the soundtrack cool. for Tenet, or the score, I should say. Uh, but, like, genius composer, does an excellent job here, just absolutely sets the atmosphere for this entire show, in my opinion. Like, like Lud- Ludwig Gorenson, you're fucking killing it. So All right, let's build that wall. Mm, all spoilers it is. Hour 1, minute 23, section 45, you should skip to. We are synchronized. We are synchronized. So faceless Leon, what is your favorite episodes of Mandalorian seasons 1 and 2 so far? Season 1, I believe my favorite episode is The Sin, which is episode 3. It is the episode in which he drops off the child and then rescues the child and gets the yeah. kick-ass fucking armor <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> the Vescar. uh yeah so Vescar, if you guys aren't familiar with the show is uh, a metal traditionally found in mandalore in which they build their armor from and he is a shiny mirror man and he yeah. gets it from doing the job 
Uh, it is impenetrable yes yes it's very good against blasters you know what it's also very good against what's that lightsabers oh yeah 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 not that we find that out or anything we're safe behind a spoiler wall we find that out guys it it is it's pretty cool but uh anyhow in the sin uh that that episode has uh Werner Herzog in it. <clears throat> he plays he's uh billed as the client on IMDb here, but he is the one who puts out the initial bounty on the child. He takes the job not knowing Mandalorian that is, takes the job not knowing yeah. that the target is a child. He finds that out, but he still finishes the job because there's a buttload of Veskar on the line. And, and plus that's also the way that's also the way he's, but he's struggling he's struggling right then to like know whether or not he's gonna go against it or anything yeah exactly he for one thing the guy is clearly empire or ex-empire because at this point in the series the empire has pretty much just lost the war i think yeah, it's, it's it's long enough five years. away five years after the war so yeah, the, five years after return the, of the jedi at least yeah okay so the new republic is very slowly uh asserting their dominance and there's still some scragglers of the empire around so this guy's got stormtroopers on call uh we all know they're useless anyways so what's yeah the yeah that's actually it's so beautiful <laughs> how this show deals with the stormtroopers yeah like you know, there's there's a moment where two stormtroopers are like shooting at a rock nearby or like a can nearby, and neither of them can fucking hit it, and it's only like ten feet away, and it's like poof, poof, just missing every shot, and they're also just like mean, like they're all just, they're all just yeah, like uneducated mean really brutes. Mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Funny. I really like the two uh, that were that were watching the child or taking the child in. <laughs> uh they didn't know that the it. child was in there yeah he's like what what's in you got it? to look at it yeah you got to look at it i got to look at it for five seconds i was scooping down and picked it up <laughs> i was like that's not fair i just want to take a peek at it it's like no no uh yeah so well fucking good they i i don't remember any silly antics with the stormtroopers necessarily in this episode except for they get <laughs> they get slaughtered eventually by uh mando <laughs> Uh, when he comes back for the child because also um part of the mandalorian way is to find foundlings and raise them in the way or if they're not able to follow the way themselves protect them until they can bring them back to their own kind that will protect them yeah um which i think is really cool I like that. What I really like about this episode is just this the the, the struggle that he goes through uh, of what he wants to do about this because he is he is a very much an honor bound character, and two things are keeping him honor bound to do this thing, even though the Empire is an enemy to the Mandalorians. One part of the way is that when you take a job, you finish it. That's that's just it your word is is your bond that's the mandalorian code the other thing is it's also part of the bounty hunters code that he doesn't ask any questions and once the job is done he doesn't know anything about the job yeah 
And so this other factor that's also part of the Mandalorian is conflicting with that. And that's you need to protect children. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so like a lot of the Mandalorians in his like little cove area are like, Hey dude, why the fuck would you do that? (laughs) And, uh, But he's also like, listen, I had to, I had to bring this vest car back. That's what his like, or matron, or the armor is that who it is? Is that um, what they yeah, call her? Yeah, I think her? it's the armor. Um, like she's kind of like their, their, I, I don't know, uh, de facto leader. Yeah, there she's their leader of the Mandalorians, and the Mandalorians are painted in this show as kind of a religious organization. Uh, like they 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 worship their tools that we know of at the right now yeah as we know the mandalorian i I should say the mandalorians that mando knows of right season season two hints at other sets of mandalorians that's actually something i wanted to talk to about behind the wall is because i did watch a good portion of the clone wars and the the mandalorians are kind of throughout and they definitely did not act like the the what what do they call the place that they hide out in the the cove or whatever um it, they did not act like this group of mandalorians so uh i was really curious because they're both is supposed to be canon of how they would reconcile with that and then they do and that's uh, honestly i think i don't know if that is my favorite episode in the second season, season. Two. Yeah. Uh, but it is a good episode and it really is i was a lot of backstory yeah yeah exactly i was looking forward to um that information coming in so the episode i'm talking about is chapter 11 the heiress mando i i'm having trouble right now remembering exactly what he was doing on this episode yeah just just, i think he's just searching for another member of his kind right because he's just searching uh, for another Mandalorian, I think, and somebody points him to these, uh, to this area. I think, and, and you're that's right. how he just kind of he just kind of happens to meet them because, like, yeah, that's a pretty similar. That's a pretty similar plot line to the first episode of season two as well, the Marshal. Yeah, but yeah, I think you're right that that is kind of what was going on. Yeah, that's kind of the running thing of season two is like yeah. each episode because. Because one of the structure, one of the things about Mandalorian is it's structured episodically. There right. is a running storyline, but each episode kind of stands alone. Definitely, definitely. Um, and that's that's kind of the running thing of season two is you know he's for the first half he's just trying to find somebody to point him in the right direction so he can find somebody else. Right. And exactly. Like, yeah. Know. So after this episode, like his his uh, focus in his quest does shift because up up to this point he is looking for more mandalorians to maybe assist him and maybe give him an idea of where to go and these mandalorians that he comes across tell him to go find jedi um which i kind of felt like was what he was trying to do at the end of season one anyways but yeah there was there was some there was something that changed his like he couldn't find jedi or something like that he couldn't right. find any way to find jedi but he knew that mandalore other mandalorians knew 
information about where the Jedi were. But they're also these these three Mandalorians that he comes across are just wildly different from him in personality. Right. Most importantly, being you know part of the we haven't talked about it yet, but one of the big aspects of Mandalorians is that they don't remove their helmets. Yeah, of and, uh, you know, uh, Mando. Least, yeah. Mando can never show his face. Yeah, as part of the way. These guys almost immediately after meeting Mando all remove their helmets. And yeah, he's like, and it's just it's like a shock to fuck? him. Yeah, he he almost kills and, them, I feel like. And again, it it's like the exact same thing with the marshal. You know, when he comes across the marshal in episode 1 of season 2, you know, he's like, "Oh, finally another Mandalorian who's wearing Boba Fett's armor." Right. Removes his helmet and it's like very clear that it's not Boba Fett and then at the same time it's like he removes his helmet it's like oh so this dude's not mandalorian either right right so when this group of mandalorians remove their helmet and and also they they have all have blue armor which from the um animated series most of all the mandalorians in that series have blue armor Mm. and in fact the leader of this group uh bo-katan Kreese is a character in both the clone wars and uh rebels uh the two animated series that are supposed to be canon too i haven't watched all of it so i can't i can't really speak too much about a character from it Uh, actually i watched one i watched one scene from rebels (laughs) that's it i watched uh i don't know if it's spoilers for rebels turn your ears off for five seconds i watched the obi-wan uh darth maul scene nice that's it yeah nice uh that is i should watch that that sounds awesome which which reminds me also they're doing an obi-wan uh television show okay and it's set on tatooine of course Mm -hmm. you know very desert all desert planet basically and they're shooting it in boston how the fuck are they doing that? Like, I'm so confused. I just heard, I just saw that today, this morning. Huh. I was just like, Obi-Wan begins shooting in Boston. I'm like, it's set on Tatooine. <laughs> There's no sand in Boston. There's like a beach maybe. But <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, but the beach would be pretty hard to not get the ocean in. Right? Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, is it Ewell McGregor? I'm not sure. I, I hope so. Because honestly, he's he's still the right age. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's also like the only person that like most people will accept as Obi Wan yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, Alec I Guinness. Mean, Alec Guinness is obviously always Obi Wan, but so right. is Ewan McGregor now. But Ewan McGregor, like that was the best part of the prequel series. Was Ewan McGregor hands down as Obi Wan? Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Yeah. He killed that role. Anyways, Bo Katan. I was not finished. Uh, doing a little gush about uh her because i think she did a great job in in this small role in this part but i think it's so cool that is the same person who voice acted her in the two animated series uh yeah it's really cool who did the live action role of this character and surprisingly looks quite a bit like her i mean she she's wearing a wig um, but yeah. you know they try to make her fit into this animated character and i it definitely rang to me as like the character from uh because i couldn't remember her character's name offhand when i was actually watching the episode 
Uh, but yeah. I, I had to look it up as soon as she showed up. And yeah, sure enough, it's the same lady even voicing her. Uh, and I was like, what a good job of transferring that character <laughs> over to live action. And uh, also for your Battlestar Galactica fans out there, she also plays Starbuck, which is, is hey, pretty cool. There you go. Um, yeah. It's really not. Yeah, I, gotta... I, I haven't watched much of that series at all, so I really can't I haven't tell. either. The nice thing about the heiress too is, as a person who hasn't watched any of the animated shows, it stands you know it stands alone again. You don't have to watch any of that right. to know anything about Bo-Katan or uh, the Mandalorians or anything. It, it adds its own backstory to this show while maintaining everything set up in other shows. Like it's really it's really well done. Yeah, I think so too. And it, I think it was kind of an attempt to make uh anybody who might have been complaining about the the order of the mandalorian by making them separate factions uh that just happened to originate from the same place which which i have to say too is if you're out there complaining about it mandalorian has played its cards so well like this whole show because it's it does it's doing everything so slowly deliberately you know, it, it, John Favreau is just telling a fun sci-fi tale, and when he needs to introduce these background elements, he does so. Yeah. But he doesn't just like throw everything at you at the front. You know, you don't have to. He, he, you know, he doesn't lay it all out. That was He's a just big slowly... problem. Big. Yeah, it really problem. was, and that's what's so brilliant about this series, though, is, is he just he's he just eases you perfectly into everything, just and it's it's in. fun, it's enjoyable, it's lovable. But I have to say. I'm not sure if I like that episode over the Jedi or not. No, the Jedi is my favorite. Yeah, so, I mean, we could use that to segue in if you want. Well, I I haven't even said my favorite episode of season one yet. Oh, sure, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's take a step back. Again, I'm a blockbuster bitch, so it's no surprise that my favorite episode of season one is the finale episode. Because that episode goes all out. It does. You know, crazy awesome fight scene at the end. It delivers all the emotion you've had building between Baby Yoda and uh, Mando throughout season one. You you really just like fall in love with Mando's character like hardcore in that. Yeah, I mean you're already in love with Baby Yoda, but like season one just solidifies everything about Mando's personality. Uh, the finale episode that is. Yeah, you get Taika Waititi as was IG Eleven. Yeah, he was in episode one. Um, as a bounty hunter robot or droid i should say mm-hmm. and now he is a nurse he's been rebuilt as a nurse droid who who is that little guy that built him in season one what was that guy's name i, I was trying to search well, through the cast list to to get that for us there's a character that helps mandalo that is like he's an alien he's you know probably only shen high on mando i just found it it is uh, I'm gonna mispronounce it. The character's name is Cooley. Is K U double I L, and dude, I just blew my own mind. It's played by Nick Nolte. Quill. Quill. Thank you. You're right. Yeah. And Quill, he he is just this gruff, and I didn't know it was Nick Nolte either. Uh, but he's this gruff, uh, kind of just like older alien and he's yeah. just so lovable like, i love he's 
I have spoken. Yeah, that's I kind of want to just like use that in every day. Just yeah. I have spoken. <laughs> just walk away from people. But he like grounds Mando and like helps Mando make decisions that were really difficult for Mando to make. Yeah, he repurposes IG-11 from being a uh, bounty hunter droid to a nurse droid. And that droid, again, is voiced by Taika Waititi. And it's brilliant. Again, like, I love Taika Waititi. He's one of the... We gotta do a Taika 3 some, sometime. Yeah, we can easily. Uh, I just <laughs> yeah, watched the, the Wildebeest one the other day. Yeah. So good. Yeah, well, it's it's easy. Jojo Rabbit, Wildebeest, and the What We Do in the Shadows. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. I haven't seen Jojo, so I... Oh, it's so good. But Taika is brilliant, and like just yeah. doing a voice is brilliant. Um, but you get a lot of good moments with him in the in the finale. Uh, you know, you just the, the finale just delivers everything. You know, he's got Giancarlo uh, Esposito as the villain. You know, Moff Tar- uh, Moff Gideon. Um, even though it's a little goofy at the end with oh, when he gets shot down, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just he becomes a fighter pilot, and he's just like flying around, and it's just like all right, we're getting a little Darth Vader. A new hope right here <laughs> yeah well yeah they always want to make the villain as much like darth vader as par- possible well that's their that's their gold mine yeah uh speaking of like quick tangent in the most recent episode that we watched was he wearing an an android chest piece i don't know i don't because he definitely had some buttons on his chest that reminded <laughs> me of uh darth vader's yeah, chest um, which like maybe he was injured during i mean he fell out of the fucking sky so i would yeah. think that he probably got injured but anyways i just wanted to ask but yeah there's nothing really else to say like that's just that's my favorite episode just because it delivers all the entertainment yeah it just it it recaps everything they've done for the whole season and it's just wholly entertaining and just like non-stop action and it's great honestly that's also why yeah the jedi is probably my favorite episode of season two because the action is brilliant and they bring it's in another character who i don't good. even have to have watched the um, animated series to be excited about when they brought her in because just because of yeah the thing with star wars she's everywhere yeah is what's probably more popular than the movies is the merchandise oh and when the merchandise of osaka came out i wanted that she looked so badass and i was like oh this character looks crazy awesome and i watched clips about her or like you know from the tv shows and i'm like i love it and here we have osaka coming into play in this show played by rosario dawson she does such a good job i she does so so good uh as this character i really hope like i hope she gets more roles like this i'm glad that she's getting into more sci-fi things because honestly that's what we we watch the most and i but i i do hope that she still gets to do other roles that like she doesn't get stuck in sci-fi I really hope they continue to use her as Osaka, um, unless people don't like her as Osaka. I really thought she was oh, great, yeah. um, but I haven't looked at public reaction. You know, people. I don't, she might. She not might not be the greatest person. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about her that was bad. But Rosario Dawson, you know, she, I I liked her before we started watching Daredevil and all those Netflix shows. But she plays the night nurse in that, and that's where I think, in my opinion, I fell in love with her acting yeah i mean she's really good at it she gets to be in several different shows uh she's not i don't think her i don't think her character is quite as strong in the iron fist show 
but I don't think there would have been a Defenders without her. No, I don't think so. And I'm reading uh, Bendis's Daredevil run right now, where the Night Nurse plays a kind of a big role in that show or in that um, comic book run. Um, and it's really cool to see the the Netflix show just use her as the connecting force when in in the comics from what i've read she's not really that big of a character you know she's kind of she's just a she's just the person that all the superheroes go to if they get hurt not all of them but you know the new york ones yeah especially hell's kitchen one and as osaka she just kills it like she's yeah she did great she's not like the greatest action star but she pulls out great action scenes. I mean, yeah, I don't know if she did all her stunts, but she definitely does great movement work Yeah. in this episode. I think she got some chances to do some movement and uh, stage fighting stuff. Yeah. And uh, more in the Iron Fist, which is kind of funny <laughs> that that was the one where I thought her character wasn't as strong. But honestly, none no of the character, characters, no are, characters really strong are strong in Iron, Iron Fist, Fist. no it's it that um, one's bad sadly colleen wing is like the the strongest character and there's <sighs> still true. still problems yeah i think but she's awesome yeah she is awesome but uh, besides just osaka you also get a lot of kind of father-son-ish moments with mando and uh baby yoda in the jedi episode because you know osaka's like well do i want to train baby yoda you know it's like he does have a high M count. And she calls him Baby Yoda the whole time. Yeah, definitely. There's no there's no name yeah. given. But like she's like, should I train him? Or like is he does he want to be trained? But she's just like she kind of like sense that attachment, that fatherly attachment that Baby Yoda has for Mando. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a sweet, yeah. like oh, I love it. It's so cute. I mean, I think it just like, you know, it's been being set up throughout the whole series, obviously, yeah. that they're very bound bond together uh the child and mando but this really solidifies it to the point where in the next episode he's he is questioning uh whether or not he's going to be able to part with him yeah uh, and whether or not he's doing like the right thing either as right, like by right. holding this kid like because the kid's powerful you know it's like he kind of feels like right. he might be holding them back you know it's just like i'm just I'm just trying to protect the kid and like you, you can go out right. and be as powerful Jedi and you know, maybe the galaxy needs you. And doesn't he even say, don't you want to do this Jedi? Stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, don't you want to? <laughs> well, let's talk that, that most recent episode chapter 14, I believe is what it, you know, I don't know what it's called. Yes. The tragedy, the tragedy. Uh, it is a tragedy. And we are hidden behind a spoiler wall, but I will say, heavily up front if you have not watched any of season two or if you're not yet caught up before the finale is about to come out tomorrow we're gonna talk major spoilers with this episode yes because they they bring in a big player oh yeah and before we talk that big player i just remembered a big player that was name dropped in the jedi that we didn't talk about oh yeah i mentioned the only books that i've read of star wars were the uh the grand admiral thrawn trilogy which is now a tetralogy i've only read the first two books i haven't read the the last two by timothy zahn who is the author he's amazing um but they name drop grand admiral thrawn osaka is looking for him specifically like she she asks somebody she's like where is he and when they name dropped him i'm like oh 
fuck i got like i almost pooped my pants it was so exciting yeah you probably got a husband bulge i did definitely (laughs) but it's just like the thing with grand admiral thrawn is he is a very different type of villain than what the star wars universe has put forth so far you have you know the cold darth vader who is just violent and you know gritty and has his nice little redemption arc you've got you know the wild chaotic old man of emperor palpatine mm-hmm. and then you have the calm collected general who is just like super intelligent and super like you, you know like if, if you fucked up vader's plan he killed you you know like if you made one tiny right. error he's force choked you in front of a lot of people that's not the way with grand admiral thrawn you mess up, you do get second chances, but you get reprimanded because he is just a general. He, you know, he's a commander of an right. army. You know, he's got to have that iron fist. But at the same time, you don't kill your fucking people. You know, it's it's that thing with uh, right. We talked James Bond. It'll come out in February. We talked. Uh, <laughs> just... I can't remember which movie it is from Russia with Love, yeah, where they just it... Spectre just yeah. kills their own people just at the beginning of the movie. It's just like Left just randomly right. killing everybody, and it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't kill your you know your own troops like this yeah but that's what that's what that's the big difference between vader and thrawn is thrawn has that commander's presence um you know vader you're afraid of him thrawn you respect yeah you do what vader says because you don't want to die yeah but uh you do what thrawn says because you respect him he's a good commander yeah yeah like he's won wars you fought for him you like he has your interests at heart it seems like he's a good like just pristine beautiful villain and you know top-notch character (laughs) and i've loved him in the books so the idea that we might get him in the show i'm super ecstatic about i've heard i hope that they don't just leave that as a as a name drop i hope that they do go into season three for sure well i've heard he's in like some of the animations or like maybe the animations have talked him up i think he's in rebels yeah i'm not i'm not entirely sure though and and that is a draw for me like i would definitely watch that animation um i do intend to someday but i'm a busy man and i don't watch tv i was honestly just kind of excited to hear that um osaka made it through uh that the war in general yeah like you know like they they vader was tasked with hunting down the jedi and killing them yeah and maybe that's why she didn't get killed because they were too close like i i don't know maybe Uh, we haven't seen that part of the story they might go into it they might maybe they do in rebels i don't know yeah that was a huge segue from one big player because i was about to talk about uh right, that's right you were the most recent recent episode before i got completely sidetracked by grand emerald thrawn by thrawn yeah we're, i was about to name drop who the most recent episode put forth and that was boba fett himself yeah we saw his armor yeah. in episode one and then uh lo and behold he's come back to reclaim his armor from the mandalorian that was another cameo i know we want to talk about boba fett but the guy who had his armor was timothy oliphant yeah he was from deadwood yeah deadwood other things 
it was really funny because the day before I was watching a good place and they just talk about (laughs) like all the fucking time. And so it was really funny to me to just, and I feel like it was just, it kind of felt like cameo for the, for cameo's sake a little bit. Not that he did a bad job in the role. I, I do. I honestly feel like he could have done a little bit better. I've seen better work from him. Right. He's definitely um, a, a he's like a cocky mar he, he is a cocky marshal is what he plays, but that's right. He doesn't deliver yeah. as well on the cocky marshal as he has on to other roles. Exactly. And that's a little unfortunate, but all in all I did like that episode. It yeah. was the most D and D of the this. Of yeah, this it really show. was. And I, I just thought the the monster stuff at the end was just ridiculous. And then it's got that. Oh, did you? I not. I liked the big monster, but not in a bad way. I just thought it was like a little, okay. a little overdone, and like I was still enjoying myself and laughing. But like, th- there's a moment at the end where he's just like, "Protect the child," you know. The Mandalorian's just like, "I'm gonna go sacrifice myself. You protect the child," and he tells Timothy Oliphant to protect the child. I'm like, "You don't know this fucker." Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you? He's the on. Ch- he's like. <laughs> You, you, you found him in like the most desolate place in the world in a world that's full of marauders and raiders yeah. and like why are you leaving how, how do you trust this guy yeah why are you leaving with him with this you know this important kid that you fucking love with this weird guy yeah and then of course yeah. like you know he he gets swallowed by the beast and blasts his way out of it you know it's just that cliche and, and i mean that, that that the end of that episode is just a little over the top but it, again none of this none of this show is bad in my opinion so far no especially when boba fett comes in you know this, yeah. this last episode we watched episode 14 boba fett comes back for his armor played by uh the guy who did Django. uh that's right in a, um, in an attack of the clones or whatever it's called the second second movie <laughs> the prequel trilogy yeah, and I guess he was a little bit in the third movie too. Yeah, um, I don't really kind of remember that, to be perfectly honest. Mm. I uh, honestly don't remember either. either. I put a lot of those movies out of my mind. Uh, I just I wanted to attempt his name and uh, apologize beforehand. <laughs> uh, Tamura Morrison. Tamura Morrison plays Boba Fett. Yeah, I started out this whole review by saying that i'm not a fan of boba fett you know i don't i don't think he's incredible in the movies i'm i know that he has a bigger presence in the expanding universe i haven't read it therefore my only experience with boba fett he's weak and uninteresting this show this episode alone made me love him so much i'm on team boba fett now everybody because Mm -hmm. he is so badass in this episode yeah once he gets his armor on like even before that you know before he has his armor on he's whipping ass yeah but once he gets fighting with that staff oh yeah that's that's pretty cool too yeah i think it's uh uh a sand people's yeah i think so i think it is yeah Uh, because he was stuck on tatooine for a long time forever well it probably yeah i was gonna say it probably took him years to get out of the sarlacc pit yeah once Uh, he gets his armor on Ooh, boy it's so good yeah oh, it's man. pretty fucking awesome and but that's also one yeah. of the problems i have with that episode 
is before he gets his armor on, um, let's just say something happens to the child where he is a little indisposed and right. Mandalorian's trying to get him to snap out of his indisposition, but the kid won't. And uh, yeah. Mandalorian, instead of just staying by the kid and protecting him, which he's done throughout most of this series, he rushes off to fight oncoming stormtroopers who are landing. And when he goes down there to do that fight, Boba Fett just kind of steps in and kills everybody. And him yeah, and, and Mandalorian and the other individual there are just kind of just like chilling out, just like, all right. Yeah, he's pretty badass. He just whooped out, like, you know, 20-plus people. That's pretty cool. Meanwhile, the kid is, uh, you know, something's happening to the kid that if Mandalorian hadn't just been fucking goofing around, he could have fucking stopped. Uh, he could have, uh, or done something about I mean, they, they, who knows, because he did, like, there were, uh, they did drop, like, some specialty units yeah, that seemed pretty. Yeah, it would have, it would have been a fight, intense. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, but it definitely just felt like there. Which were... that would have been cooler. That would have been more satisfying. It definitely would have if he had fought to try to yeah. save the kid or something happened. It definitely felt like a one of the first moments of this show where they're just shoehorning something to happen. Um, yeah, and it, again, it's not bad. It doesn't ruin the episode. The episode's still pretty fucking awesome and intense, and you know, heartfelt at the end a little bit. But it just, it just. I don't know. It, it felt like they had to get from point A to point B and they had no idea how to do that seamlessly. And it just, it was the first moment of this series where I'm just like, oof, John Favreau, you missed it just a slight bit, you know? I don't know if he just actually directed that. Episode. Well, he didn't, I know who directed that episode. It was Robert Rodriguez and that's why the fucking action scenes were awesome. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez just killed it. I don't know if John Favreau wrote that episode. I assume he did. I don't know. Uh, there's definitely some things, yeah, in that particular episode. Some Favreauisms. Uh, we we kind of talked about it a little bit before we started recording. I I feel like they just wanted to get to that particular plot point. Yeah. At the end of this episode, and uh, so they came up with ways to do it quickly so that they could get everything done that they wanted to do. Yeah. I I feel like. I could argue that Ma the Mandalorian was really frazzled by the two events that were going on. Yeah. Like, and he's, he's also expecting somebody to come that is supposed to be an asset. And well, just not... so many things are going on that he makes mistakes. And, but like, he just hasn't yet. Yeah. It's like, I don't even know if he expects something to come. He just expects something to happen. You know, right. He assume yeah. he definitely does assume somebody is coming, but at the right. same time he's like, I'm not sure if that's what this means. Like maybe nothing's happening. Right, right. Um, maybe. Yeah, he's he's definitely in a very in the most confusing position he's been in throughout the whole show. It's like his actions right, aren't right. his actions are justified. Yeah, I will. I would say that, but at the same time, he hasn't made big tactical mistakes like he yeah. does in this episode yeah it, it definitely um, felt wrong <laughs> you know yeah, he's never he's definitely character. never left the kid alone before like this you know it's like if he right. if he leaves the kid alone he's leaving him with somebody he trusts here right. he's just kind of like all right you're out in the open but you're kind of protected so 
you know, I'm going to I'm going to go down there and uh, do my shit. But at the same time, I'm still on board 100 <laughs> percent. Like I'm, I love I love so much about yeah, it. That, I'm I'm really excited for Friday to come around. And, yeah. And that's uh, that's the other thing. The penultimate episode. And I feel like one reason I'm in love with this show is, again, it's not just dumped for you to binge watch. It's I do it, like the release. Yeah, of it. I do, too, because it's just like every weekend rolls around. I'm like, hmm, I finished everything I wanted to do today. What should I do? Oh, that's right. The new episode of Mandalorian came out. I can watch it, you know, and it, it delivers all of the, you know, when the when the cliffhangers happen, you know, in a binge watch show, it's like oh, cliffhanger happened. Got to keep watching. Whereas with right. this, it happens and I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? And I want to speculate. I want to talk about it. You know, I talk to my friends. Right. You know, I look online. I see what everybody else is saying. It builds that hype. That is that is something nice about a show being released once a week is that everybody, if they've been keeping current, is on the same page. Yeah. So you can talk about it and speculate and build the hype, like you said. Yeah. I, it's I agree. but i also still love watching binge watch shows (laughs) yeah because but the but that's the problem with a binge watch so is if you want to talk to your friends about it you have to preface the whole conversation with all right guys i watched episode four where are you guys at (laughs) you know it's just like i I want to talk about things that happened in episode four but at the same time i don't want to spoil anything somebody's gonna be like oh man i'm in episode six i'm not gonna say anything because you know it it just it ruins the ability to just discuss it until you know for sure everybody's watched right. it, and I like that's what right. I love about this show is you know I can go to work and I can speculate with the people who've watched it, um, and you know it's it's part of the reason I watch shows like the CW shows like Arrow and the Flash like they're not good <laughs> shows at all but the fact that they're weekly basis, I was still entertained you know I was I only had to right. deal with one hour a week and. <laughs> it's goofy and silly i was able to walk away and speculate it's hard to deal with more than that yeah if if i was binge watching those shows i would have quit after like five episodes kind of like this is just bad television but watching it you know once a week and then being able to speculate with you and other people like that made the show more interesting to me for sure that's part of the beauty of the mandalorian is because i watched i finished watching this last episode and i was like bro here are my thoughts in this last episode. No spoilers. And I just sent you two gifts. That was like <laughs> my thoughts of that episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember. And I remember kind of agreeing with <laughs> what you sent after I watched it. I don't, I don't remember uh, the gifts. I remember one of them was a wrestler, a pro wrestler, just doing like building your stamina, just like, ah, <laughs> like I, I was so powerful. Yeah. And um, the other one was somebody like running their fingers through their hair for Like stressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, very stressed. Uh, and that was that episode. That was that episode. Yeah, I was definitely the the Jedi episode made me excited to watch it and everything that happened. I just I can't like I can't believe how much in this season in particular they've tried to tie in characters from other parts of yeah the verse. And the beauty, again, the it, beauty of it is they're doing it so perfectly. You don't have to know yeah, these characters well. to um, that's true to have them introduced to you. Like the way the show introduces them, great. Yeah, yeah. They they don't have to, you don't have to know them out of the context of the of the show. But if you do, it's an extra layer of excitement that mm-hmm. they're a part of this story too. Uh, so, Greg, I was wondering, 
do we want to each maybe pick out our least favorite episode uh just in general just in general or or should we cut it off there i'm trying to think of what my least favorite episode would be for me i guess it would be i can't remember what it's called i think it's like the passenger or something i don't think that's i don't think that's the right episode it's, uh, is it's that the, one the one with the frog lady no actually no I, I love that episode so i'm sorry that was that is the title of the, that episode i'm thinking of the heist episode i love the prisoner the prisoner thank you i love a lot of things about that episode but that is the one i kind yeah. of go back to as like remembering not liking it the most because there's so little baby yoda in it it's it's like, yes it like seems a little minutes, out of place minutes. but it has it, a little... it has richard aoade as the voice of the droid in that and I mean, I don't, right. I don't think I've mentioned it on this. If there are three people I want to ever play the Doctor in Doctor Who, it's Letitia Wright, who is uh, Shuri, Black Panther's sister in the movies. I want Letitia right. Wright. I want Richard Aoade from the IT crowd and, you know, the droid in this episode. And I want Rupert Grant, yeah. Ronald Weasley. Those are the three people I want to play the Doctor in Doctor Who. And... I've heard you say that before, but I've also heard you say... Uh idris alba so i thought you were gonna say that, no, that time people around. people have mentioned idris alba i don't think idris would be a good doctor honestly yeah. i think he would he he's too big name um yeah and i feel like those three i feel like leticia wright's about to become huge big name because i feel like you know she's gonna be the black panther i would assume we will have to see yeah. but i think that's a good way to take it i think she would deliver such a perfect doctor she'd be fun because sure. just because of her presence as shuri and black panther she brings everything that i see in the doctor and can make it her own would that make her the youngest if they if they i made, guess it depends if and when they do it if but, they made her doctor who yeah no because matt smith, matt smith was like 20 like something he was pretty young i guess i don't know how old she is but i figured she's in her early 20s yeah but. i mean if they cast her like right now maybe but i don't I don't imagine they'd cast her. I don't think Jodie Whittaker's leaving the role for any time soon, which I'm okay with that. Well, that's nice. How would I get to Doctor Who? Oh, Richard. I don't know, but Richard we, you know, Like I said, this is us showing our nerd episode. <laughs> but Richard Aoade um, is is the voice of the droid, and he he's the only reason I right. really love that episode. Everything else about that episode, I could kind of forget. I I like um, the performance of some of the heist members. Mm-hmm uh i like uh this is kind of one that ranks pretty low for me too she plays oh man so first off you got comedian bill burr <laughs> yeah in this episode which i thought was kind of a weird mix and they're they're it didn't work uh, still me. behind a spoiler while they're gonna bring him back into the show this season oh really um like he does a good job but i i just thought it was a weird mix into this universe yeah it um he does he definitely does do a good job but it, it it's one of the performances that doesn't work for me because he's just trying to double cross mando and it's so obvious that everybody there is trying to double cross mando like just because of how they act then they're just like why are you involved in this like what is this mission that mando's doing in this episode it's just like it's so stupid to me yeah i know it, it i know he just has to. it was i think it was just for money i thing yeah there was there was some reason uh, he had to do it but it i just did not like it but you know one major redeeming thing from that episode because like you said i don't think any of these episodes are necessarily bad no like 
but I think the production value on them was too high, really, for them to be bad. <laughs> Disney, <laughs> but, Disney's fist is too too powerful for too them to tight. fail. Yes, yeah. Although um, I do think they anyways, give John Favreau enough reign. You know, I feel like I don't feel oh, like Disney stepping in and being like, "John, you got to do this or this." You know, I feel like it, it definitely seems like his creativity is not being uh, yeah. hampered on. Hindered. Yeah, which I appreciate. Like, you know, I feel like uh John Favreau for us is pretty hit or miss. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy I really liked Chef. Did you ever see that? I don't think so. I think it's called Chef. Yeah. Oh shit, I hope it's called Chef. <laughs> but anyways, it, it it's really good where he plays a chef. Uh, that's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, directing wise, I feel like he's always a decent or great director. Like yeah. he never is a bad he, director. Yeah. He's always competent. Yeah. Yes. I will say, but that. it's just like oh, there's there's Mandalorian and Iron Man, John Favreau, which is good, really good, mm-hmm. and then there's Jungle Book, John Favreau, which is visually beautiful and really greatly done. Yeah, did it need to happen? No. And why are we continuing no. to do this, John I Favreau? Think, I don't think that we will disagree that it didn't need to be done, but it is one of my. It's one of the ones I enjoyed the most yeah, out of definitely. the remakes. So but, good way to go, Jean Favreau. But they're putting that. him. But every single one that's like all CGI live action, they're making him the you know the helm of like Lion yeah, King. Yeah, John Favreau. I don't know what <laughs> if like he'd sign some kind of contract with Disney or something. I think he's just like very interested. In, I feel I don't know. Again, like I'm speaking out my ass, but to me it seems like yeah, he's yeah. interested in that technology and he's interesting in further pioneering that um that's fair yeah and it's like because because again that the technology they're using for those movies is incredible and it's beautiful yeah, I, like i think it's interesting for yeah sure. it's, it's definitely interesting and i feel like that's the only draw for john favreau is he likes that kind of filmmaking getting to be able to build his world past the imaginable is yeah. pretty good and i mean he's kind of doing that uh, with mandalorian and baby yoda you know it's like live action man talking to animatronic puppet and you know he's building that that emotion just through yeah i mean that's mostly pedro pascal let's be honest <laughs> yes and, and there's a lot of practical effects a yeah. lot more practical effects in um the mandalorian than mm-hmm. in those cgi wonderlands but anyhow i i wanted to talk about the prisoner a little bit more i really wanted to mention because i really enjoyed her performance uh natalia tenna she plays uh zyan i think is how how you'd say her name but the the um the lady who has the snake yeah worm head thing i don't (laughs) remember what the race is called yeah the tubular uh yeah the tubular thing uh and she throws knives and she's uh you know she just does such a great job and you know people will remember her from her work in game of thrones and in harry potter and uh oh right she was talks. she also does music too she was talking yeah, in harry potter wasn't she Please. that's right yeah, yeah. Well, i didn't she know who you, I, did, I, I knew who she was but i like i never uh hadn't compared that actress to anything like i just remembered her from something i was like man i can't place her she also has a really really interesting music uh, you should check it out. I don't remember what her group's name is, but she it's it's definitely interesting kind of stuff up, that's up our alley. Nice. So you should check that out. 
Uh, but I wanted to mention that she was one of the big redeeming qualities of that particular episode. Not that it was a bad episode. I just no. felt like it didn't need. It wasn't a needed part of the story. No, it didn't. It didn't really push the story along much. It, I, it's overlookable. Yeah. Not unwatchable, and not that you should overlook it though. Again, you know, every episode is great. Highly recommend yeah, Mandalorian. Uh, I agree. What? Yeah, and watch the prisoner episode. If it was like a, a Star Wars short. It would have been very worth it. Yeah. By itself. Like you said, each of these episodes stand alone pretty well. I would say if it wasn't that episode that was my least favorite, I'd honestly say it was probably uh, the siege, which you learn a lot of information. So it's an important, important episode to the plot. But when he goes back in season two and teams up with Carl Weathers and uh, the the drop trooper again, uh, they go to this scientific facility. And I just I just felt like while there was a lot of important plot stuff, it just that particular episode felt like it was like, okay, we got to hit these beats. Yeah. And, and it didn't feel like, it felt like some of the heart was missing from that particular episode. Yeah. Uh, I was prompt, honestly, when I asked you the question, the first one that popped into my head was The Prisoner. Because I think it's the least needed episode. Mm-hmm. It certainly is. And I, I definitely understand what you were saying with The Siege. Because I definitely had the same thoughts with that episode. Because I remember picking up my phone yeah. quite a lot <laughs> during that one where I was like, all right. Yeah. yeah, that happened to me too. <laughs> but most of those like kind of episodes were... It feels very textbook and formulaic. The action is usually yeah. on point. Then I'm like, I'm still into this. But there's yeah, just something exactly. about the siege where I was just like, I definitely was kind of zoning out. But the prisoner is yeah. the one that stands. But out there's the most. definitely some cool stuff uh, that happens in the siege. Yeah, and that that's when the uh, the main characters realize that moff gideon is still alive yeah which after they shot him out of the sky which when when they when they had that moment when they're just like he's dead i'm like bitch you just shot his fucking jet down or you know it's just like what are you talking about i mean that would kill most people i think is what they're saying (laughs) but i i don't know Uh, i don't know about that because it's like you see a lot of uh, in star wars you see a lot of ships that are just like crashed and there's no bodies in the pilot seat or anything I feel yeah. like the only times people die in the fighter jets or water, I, the starships is when they literally just blow up into smithereens. <laughs> yeah. But, but most, of, that, most of the time. In outer space, yes. Yeah, but, but most of the time in, in, throughout the entire series, if you see a ship get hit and it doesn't explode, everybody on board's typically fine yeah like yeah they people people find a way to live in this in this universe for sure i mean they cut darth maul in half and we all know he came back <laughs> but uh, it's just like <laughs> and that's my issue with the whole thing is just like when you're like he's dead i shot him down i'm like bitch how, why do you think he's dead you didn't go check the wreckage site for the body <laughs> Like that was yeah, another issue. Out of I had. There. Rightfully so, rightfully so, they got out of there. Like get get the hell out but of they, Dodge. But they but they didn't because uh, um, Carl Weathers and uh, oh that's right. Yeah. Oh, what's her name? I'm blanking on her name now. Cara Dune. Cara Dune. But Carl Weathers and Cara Dune, they stay on that planet and yeah. they don't go check the wreckage. Nobody goes and checks I the like... wreckage to make sure that Moff Gideon's dead. No, they like, don't. Like, what is wrong with you? Go get the body. 
yeah and he basically like rules the planet at this point yeah he yeah uh carl weathers which we're never going to refer to as grief Carden. Uh, no I, again i don't think my, i can't remember <laughs> them ever using his name <laughs> literally i just can't i don't remember i think carga i think they use carga maybe I, don't, I, don't I just i feel like you just know it's carl weathers <laughs> it's just like you just it's look carl at it's weathers, like carl weathers like... <laughs> <laughs> i feel like they call him you carl weathers <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, say, they say yeah i'm gonna go talk to carl this is it yeah give me a second i gotta go uh, talk to carl weathers <laughs> uh well i think I think we talked enough about spoiler stuff. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say, like, if you haven't had the chance to go and watch this show, mm-hmm. go watch this show. It's very worth it. Even if you're not a Star Wars fan. Yes. Like, it, it, it has. <laughs> it has um, good stuff for people who are not versed in the verse. By Disney Prime, you should. <laughs> By Disney Prime, you should. Uh, but you know, plus? if you don't like Disney, there's reasons not to. I'm sorry. I Disney said Prime. Buy Disney Plus. You should. <laughs> you did say Disney Prime. Uh, well, I don't know, man. What that's el- it. What else we got to say? No, I think that's it. That's it. Highly recommend Mandalorian. Uh, check it out. Season yeah. finale is coming. Uh, yeah, season two finale is coming out tomorrow. Uh, we are not paid by Disney. Please pay us Disney. Um, <laughs> as a Star Wars fan, this is one of my favorite entries of the entire franchise. I'll agree with that. And I'm, I'm. Yeah. It's, it's something that you know. There's so many times where I'll watch a show and I'm like, oh man, I'm so worried they're gonna fuck it up. You know, uh, you know, Lost when the writer strike happened, I was like, oh no, I think they're gonna fuck it up. It's starting to get bad. You know, the week yeah. by week episodes were coming out and I wasn't feeling that great about them. You know, Doctor Who, every time they, they switch doctors or uh, show writers and everything, I'm show like, writers. oh, no, you know, like I have faith in these people, but I really hope they stay true to, you know, to what I love about this show. And Right. But this is like, this is one of those shows that they've delivered so perfectly each time that I, I haven't really felt worried that Favreau's going to mess it up. You know, he's it, it's no as long as you don't kill baby Yoda, you've got a golden show. Yeah, uh, I think as long as they let Favreau uh, run out whatever plans he has for the show, it's going to turn out pretty good. Yeah. And I don't think that Disney has any reason to take the reins away from him. I mean, he's no. proved to, with two seasons now that he can, he knows he's, what he's doing. Yeah, he's it. proved with two seasons and he's proved with like 10 show movies like Disney and him are tight. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. made them they, he's they, made them hella bucks. That's for sure. <laughs> that's why they're probably giving uh, him so much free reign is just more like, than nikki you. do you think more than nikki no uh if we're not counting for inflation maybe yeah yeah there you go Ah, uh, well i've been the face of leone green traveler i have been safe travelers <laughs> <laughs> safe travels mm. and good night <laughs> do you thirst for adventure do you search for laughter and friendship? Ha 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 Then don't miss the adventures in Valagorn! Welcome to a new world of fantasy, fun, and action! Coming to you as a monthly serial starting on January 19th of 2021. 
and brought to you by the imaginative people of FictionWorks 19, starring Greg Callahan as Raphael Anastas Magoo, Sarah Christ as Vashti Whisperwin, and Kenneth Glynn as Pai Shou Wukong. We'll see you in Valagorn. The Adventures in Valagorn! Hey there, Couch Potatoes. This is the Faces Leon here. Tell you about our new addition to the show. Uh, we will be bringing to you two episodes a week, starting on Monday the 4th of January 2021. I'll tell you, thank you. Thank you for letting that year be over. We're going to bring in the new year, nice and strong, two episodes a week. Do our regular thing Thursday. Nothing's changing there. But on Mondays, we are now going to be bringing to you playlists. We're going to start off with watching the Disney movies, the OG Disney movies from chronological order. Uh, we'll, we'll break it up there with some other things. Who knows what we might do. But we're looking at some long series of movies. Anyways, we hope that you, the listener, the potatoes at home, enjoy it. Safe travels. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. If you'd like to give us a comment, please visit us at facebook.com slash greenandfaceless. There you'll find many links to our show and to our website. Thanks for listening.